Hi. How are you? <laughs> I'm, you know. How's your, your sweet little gay heart? You know, it's full. My cup <laughs> is full. It's overflowing, brimming. This is exciting. This is very exciting. Okay, so. Um, what are we doing today, Wendy? Well, I'm so glad you asked, Josephine. Um, this is our time of the month, but we are launching like a real exciting second chapter of this. Um, it's our second act already. I know, right? Right, right. Uh, we decided that once a month was not enough, and therefore we are giving you an artist spotlight. So the artists that we are spotting, who have really cool careers in the arts, have agreed to sit down with us and talk to us about the cool shit that they do. And so we are coming to you live. Not live, because this is recording, but... <laughs> but uh, we are here. <laughs> we're here at the Pantages Theater in Los Angeles, California, and we are in the dressing room of... Who are you? Hi, everybody. Hi. 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 Who are you? Uh, my name is Nick Cartel, and I play Jean Valjean on the national tour of Les Miserables, which Yay! is playing right now at the Pantages Theater. Yay. That's fucking right. You are. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's... Joe is exploding with gay joy. Uh, yes. <laughs> like yeah. the gayest of gay sparkle I, joy. I saw glitter come out, so I'm a just saying, <laughs> just a little bit. <laughs> We're going. I, I just, you know, I mean, you are you are a man of the theater, so I can only imagine how much gay joy you experience on a daily basis. Th- there's a lot, yes. Uh, so yeah, um, well, we'll get into my Les Mis origin story later. <laughs> I can't wait. Now <laughs> I I'm feel intrigued. like everybody has some connection to this musical specifically. Of Anybody course. who's in theater, for sure. Well, I mean, but that's why it's also been running for over 33 years. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and why I cut high school so many times to go into the city and buy student rush tickets. Sit up in that balcony at the Imperial Theater. Listen, that's what I did several <laughs> times. I saw Shanice play Eponine. I oh, love God. your smile. <laughs> do, 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 do. Listen, so real. See, and the first time I ever saw it was at Gamage Auditorium. Really? Yes, at Arizona State University, our alma mater. Oh my god! Um, and I sat up in the in the balcony with my parents and my friend, a manager of mine from uh, from McDonald's. Yes, kids, I worked at McDonald's. <laughs> the a grades manager always of mine. That's and, where we know uh, you from. Her name was Chelly, and uh, yeah, we sat up there and we watched the show. That's so dope. Yeah. Fun fact about the Shanice production mm. of Les Mis: she was white as a little girl. And then grew up to be Shanice as an adult Eponine. There you go. <laughs> Which was, I know, we were but, like, huh. But that's the thing. It, it happens in our show, too. That's because suspension of disbelief, uh, yeah. It is. And it's, you know, obviously colorblind casting, which yeah. is amazing. We are. Uh, but we, uh, like tonight, we actually have an understudy on tonight. Mm. Um, and... Actually, I, we've got an understudy on this weekend. Our our um our Cosette Jillian is out. Uh, okay. She's at her sister's graduation. Aww. Oh, well, happy is that? Yeah, happy. happy. Yeah. Um, but uh, one of our understudies is Asian American. Wonderful. And so she will be on, and uh, the little Cosette is not. And wow. so it's it's gone both ways. So it's kind of fun. See, it does go both ways. And when I saw King Kong in New York. We've talked about this. We have. <laughs> so, Anne Darrow being played by an African-American mm-hmm. actress. Yes. Supposed to be, like, groundbreaking and wonderful. I went to see it. Her understudy was on, but it was, like, the third understudy, and she was a white girl, which had the very, very opposite effect of, like, it was super disappointing. Really? And it was clearly her first time on in the role, oh. and it was, like, it was pretty weak. But I was like, Psh, I'm not here to see you. I'm here to see the puppet. That's what's up. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah. okay. So much so that they're giving the puppet a special Tony this <laughs> they year. They sure <laughs> give the puppet a Tony. Um, so Nick Cartel. Yes. Hi. 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 So we know you from Les Mis, but we know you from a lot more things. Um, and a lot more things. I speak English. <laughs> I'm a teacher. Yes. I teach children. Um, where did your art start? 
my art started in Arizona, where I grew up. Um, and it, it kind of started by um, memorizing songbooks in the car when I was a kid. And then my parents were like, oh, you can sing. Um, <laughs> oh, okay. We should probably put you in a choir. We well, should probably get you some, get yeah. in some training. So um, I started singing in church choirs and then uh, auditioned for the Phoenix Boys Choir, which is where I kind of got the, as a boy soprano, mm. I was taught mm. the fundamentals of singing as you were, as you know, people say, and it kind of started there. And then I finally went and saw an eighth grade field trip of Cinderella, a theater works production of Cinderella. And I was like, Oh, that's what I want to do. They're doing it. They're singing and they're acting and they're dancing and they're entertaining. And this is what I want to do. And then literally like six months later, I auditioned for my first music theater show. Which was it? Pinocchio. Ah! Uh, not the Disney version, like no. some like, you know, yeah. kids theater production. Uh, but I played Antonio, the storyteller. And I opened the show with buongiorno, buongiorno, buongiorno. <laughs> like this whole like, Welcome to the, th- to the show. Yeah. yeah. So, but that's what I mean. Like those tactile memories of like yeah. where theater is specifically and like where productions sit in mm-hmm. our muscle memory mm-hmm. of like, I remember being in like fourth grade and like singing Olive, like in Oliver and singing like, who will buy my sweet red roses? You know, like, yeah. why do I remember that? It was a 45 minute show. Of Oliver. I remember being, uh, so I'm from Guam, so I was born and raised on the island of Guam, and I was in the uh, all-island children's honor choir, where they had two acts, two shows every year, two acts. The first act was, like, just choral singing, and the second act was, like, a song and dance review. We had the Filipina, like, uh, Debbie Allen as our choreographer. Damn right. I love it. So the first, <laughs> the first like, I remember singing did was... Did she make you pay and sweat? She did. It was... <laughs> She didn't have a cane, but she was pregnant the whole time, and it was great. <laughs> um, and so the first, the f- like the first musical I was ever exposed to was Big River. And just picture in your mind, you know, a like a <laughs> chorus of twenty Micronesian children and me up there as being like, you know, Jim singing like muddy water (laughs) having no idea i'm like what is the mississippi river who is tom (laughs) who is tom sawyer and huck finn uh but it's but like exactly what you said it's like where those like memories sit and hold a special place in our hearts i also feel like my my father's always done this he's like tracked his life in songs like we'd be listening to music or something on the radio and he'd be like that song is by so-and-so and i was in sixth grade when that came out and whatever. And for me, I've always done that with theater, mm-hmm. you know? So, and I feel like you and I have always talked about this too. Like what is, um, like you talked about Cinderella, but like where, when was like the first time you knew that like you were good at this, that you were in it? Like when did you realize you were an artist and that this was oh, it for you? Oh, jeez. Um, it was probably in, in high school. Yeah. It was probably in high school. You know, people always tell me like, oh, you're a good singer. You're a good singer. You know, growing up and stuff like that. And and I knew, you know, like, because I was always like the kid in choir, like, especially like in church choir and stuff, like I got the solos and, in you know, and I started getting the leads and like the, the smaller, uh, you know, children's theater productions. But it was in high school where I was like, oh, this is, people are looking at me differently because of how I sing and because of because of how I sing, you know what I mean? And I think that that was where I was like, okay, there's something, uh, okay, great. Now we just need to figure out how it all works. And, you know, and in high school, you're still also trying to figure out who you are. And, and, you know, I was also like, I just 
didn't know where I fit because I was the theater kid, but I was also coming into the high school from a private school. So I didn't have any friends coming in. So I was going into the public school system in Arizona without any friends. And all of these kids had all grown up together. So it was like, what group do I fit in? And then that's when I kind of found the theater group. And that's where I was like, oh, these are people that I can connect with because I they understand theater. They understand the shows. They understand. And, and for me, it was Phantom of the Opera. Like yeah. that was the show that I was like, done. Thank yep. you. That's mm-hmm. all I want to do. Um and I listened to that show over and over and over again. So when I finally got to do it, I was like, <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I think that, that it was high school that I started feeling like, okay, this is something that I can do. This is something that I can achieve, mm-hmm. you know? Did people ever like give you shit for your talent? Like were people jealous of you or is that something oh, yeah. that like you've owned Oh, it? I'm sure. I, yeah. 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 I Did think, you just own it? Were you like, suck it, bitches, I'm good? Well, that's, it, it was funny. I had somebody <laughs> you say, know, you know, as I've never heard you say an ill word about <laughs> anyone, and I'm like, and you were like, fuck off, guys, <laughs> whatever. No. <laughs> oh, I say it every night. No, um, no, but, it, you know, somebody actually said to me in the time, if you were just mean, why can't you just be mean to me? And then I, then I wouldn't, like, then I would just feel better. And I'm like, I'm not going to be mean to you because that's going to make you feel better because that's going to make me feel like shit. Yeah. No. No, this is how I am. And if you don't like who I am, then don't be my friend. And and I don't, it, people were jealous, but it wasn't like I was ever like, oh, you can't hit that note. Okay. <laughs> you In know, I was always, I was always the one where somebody would be like, how do you hit that note? And I'd be like, oh, well, let, let's try to figure out how you can hit it. You know, like yeah. that was me. Ugh, because you're just wonderful all the time. Whatever. Oh, that's. Whatever. <laughs> The eye rolls that I'm getting right now. (laughs) The eye rolls. I mean, really, whatever. Can I? Can I ask a? a, This is a question that's probably coming up later, but I just really want to know it now. So, is is there a part that like you didn't get? Oh God! But like the person you got it, you were like, oh, that's the person. Like, why? (laughs) You know, maybe I don't know if you can say. No. Yes. I mean it. And. Hmm. (laughs) <laughs> I can't say, but yes, it has happened and it still happens. I mean, this is an industry where you put so much of yourself into every audition, every role. Uh, and so when you don't get it, you're always like, why didn't I get it? Yeah. Like I was perfect for that. Didn't they see what I did? And they did, but you just weren't what they wanted, mm. you know? And so then when you finally do see the right fit and you go, Oh, Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, and sometimes you don't even know that it's the right fit at the time. I remember I was doing a production of um, Alter Boys and uh-huh. I was playing Abraham. Oh, uh, yes. And okay. I went up to the director and I was like, why did you cast me? I'm like, I don't, I don't fit. I don't know who this character is. I don't know where he belongs. I don't like, I don't get the dances right. Like I, I'm struggling here. Like, how, like wh- I don't understand this role. I need help. And he goes, that's the role. He goes, Abraham is the kid that doesn't fit in, that wants to belong, that yeah. want, but yet at the end brings everybody together. I was like, oh. Trust your directors, people. Thank you. For the most part. Also, you For just, the most part. You just had the most profound things to say about Alter Boys, part. which is one of my like favorite fun musicals <laughs> that I listen so to. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so good. Yeah. It's so good. We are one. the Alter Boys. <laughs> That kind of like crushing disappointment and questioning. I would like to say that that changes beyond seventh grade, but it doesn't. 
Uh, no. It really doesn't. Yeah. Like a cast list goes up and it's that same soul crushing disappointment. It happens like every day. In your 40s as it is when mm-hmm. you're 12. And it's. Because and it's you go back to being learning. 12. Yeah, you do. And it's probably yeah. more soul crushing in your 40s. Yeah, Because <laughs> you're like five and 12. And 12, so you're like, oh man, I didn't get it. All right. Well, there's a video game. Let's go. Yeah. You know, and <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, tell us about um, your career now. Like, what is your day to day like? And. All of it. How did you day come into day. this? Do you want to talk about like your lame journey and how you sure. how you got here? Yeah. Um, so my lame journey was was long. <laughs> um, it, I had five auditions slash callbacks over the course of about four months. Um, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, it was long. It was yeah. a long process. A um, I started this whole journey by a friend of mine was going in for Jean Valjean, and I had just worked with him, and he was going in for a callback and he was 10 years younger than me. And I was like, I'm sorry, you're going in for who now? Yeah. He's like, Jean Valjean. And I was like, okay. So I texted him like the Which next day. Which is interesting because when you wound up getting the part, a lot of people thought you were too young for this exactly. part too. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and so when I, I texted him the next day and I said, hey, how did it, how did it go? And he goes, oh, it, you know, he goes, they really liked me. It went well, but I, uh, they just said that I was too young. Mm-hmm. And I... You know, so apparently they're starting the search over, completely over. And I was like, really? <laughs> hmm. And what were you doing career-wise at the time? Um, I had just gotten off the road. I had been on the Phantom of the Opera National Tour for two and a half years. So mm-hmm. I got off the road from Phantom and I was, I was home. And I, at the time, was a standby in the Broadway production of Paramore, which was the first mm-hmm. Cirque du Soleil show that was on Broadway. Mm-hmm. So I was a standby for the three principal men in that show. Um, and... So I, I wrote my agent and I said, listen, I said, apparently they're looking, they're in their third round, I guess. And so let's see if we can get an audition. So I actually asked to be seen mm. for this role. Like they didn't seek me out. They didn't, you know, and so I, I went in and I sang and uh, I had to sing the soliloquy, which is Valjean's like first big number at the very first, at the end of the first 14 minutes of the show. And then I had to sing, uh, Bring him home. Those mm-hmm. were the first two songs that I had to sing for my audition. So easy. So mm-hmm. easy. Got just it. yeah, turn it around. <laughs> yeah. Just, um, yeah. <laughs> and after I sang, I remember that the music supervisor, he looked at me and he's very British. And he's like, Do you like this show? <laughs> and I was like, Yes. That's good. Hmm. <laughs> Come over to the piano. And I was like, All right. So I went over to the piano and he goes, Do you know this show? And I was like, and that's why I'm here. Yeah, yeah. I know. I miss. Sure. He goes, do you know 24601? I was like, mm-hmm. I want you to sing it for me. <laughs> All right. So then I literally, he was like, we'll just take it from here. And he literally said, 24601. And I did that and I finished. And he literally was like, hmm, thank you. <laughs> and that was my first audition. And I was like, well, I think that went well. I can't tell. I think that went well. And then turn around like to the following week, I had to go back in. Do you have any like audition like rituals also? Like, did you like leave that and like buy yourself an ice cream cone like I do or no? Or did you like, no, because here's the thing. Here's the thing was that I being like, called get a manicure like I do. Well, <laughs> I, I always, I always call my wife right after. Uh-huh. She always goes, so tell me everything. Uh-huh. And I'm like, okay, this is what I can remember. Um, <laughs> Cause you like black out. I do. Yeah, you you go into like this white room and you're like, I think I remember this happened. I think this uh-huh. happened. Um, 
but I, I finished and I called her and I said, I think it went well. And then I got, was brought back in a week later to record a video, to do a work session, which is where you sing all the material again. And then I also got, who am I? Mm. So then I had three songs that I had to sing and I went in and I had to do a work session with the associate director, our associate director, Corey. So I would sing it and he'd be like, great, do this, try this, do this. Like, let's add this layer, this and think, do these, like, these are things you could be thinking about. So I was getting work in that respect. And then I was put on the, on the, on video for our director, James, because James is in London. Mm. So then they send that little VHS. It's not a VHS anymore. Yeah. God, I'm so old. Uh, so they send that to your to England. <laughs> they they zoom it, it over they there. They zoom it over there. Yes. On the slow on boat. Tape, yes. Got it. Uh, <laughs> 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 Use that little number two pencil to rewind it. Yeah. Um, they send it over to him and, and he comes back and says, he's great. He seems a little young. He'd be a great understudy. And that was two weeks later I got that back. And I just got new headshots. Mm. So I sent... Then the, I just gotten the retouch headshot back too. So I sent it to my agent and I said, listen, you send them this, you say, I want to be seen again for this. And I want to do a work session with the director to prove to him that this is a role that I can do. Mm-hmm. And yes, yes. yes. I was like, I, and here's the other side of this is that the whole time, the only person that knew that I was really going in for this was my wife, Christine mm-hmm. and my acting coach and my agent. I kept it so close to the vest. I didn't tell people that I was doing this because at the same time that I was going for this, I was also in callbacks for Love Never Dies, mm. which is the sequel yes. to The Phantom mm-hmm. of the Opera. So I was in callbacks for that at the same time. So all this is going down. Cut to another month goes by and they come back and they're like, okay, they want to bring you back in for another work session with the director no, I went in for another work session with just our associate and the music director just to work through things. And at this point, I had then started working the material with my coach and was, so I went back in and I did all of that and they were like, wow, great. Okay, great, great. Thank you. Thank you, Nick. That's all we need. And I was like, okay, wonderful. You know, and it's one of those things where it was also like, just let it go. Just, you go in the room, you do your thing. And I also, I was like, I cannot get attached to this. Yeah. Because I, I was like, I've got too much other stuff. I just have to go in there and do what I would want to do because there are so many men that want to play this role and there's so many people that think that they know how to play this role that I have to make it mine. Sure. So I just did it. And then about another week goes by and then I go in again and this time it's for our director, James. And they said it was a work session. So I was expecting James and Corey and our other James, our music supervisor and a piano player and casting. That was it. No. I walk in the room. It is two people from casting, our uh, director, James, music director, James, associate director, Corey, our executive producer, Seth Wenig, who is or Seth Wenig from Networks Tour, another producer, Trinity from Networks Tour, Seth Sklarhein, Seth Sklarhein, who is Cameron McIntosh's right hand on, on, in the States, mm-hmm. as he's also an executive producer. And an HD camera and two points of lighting. <laughs> the ghost of Richard no Rogers. Be, I mean, literally. Yes, yes, like all these people. Because you know. they were recording me for Cameron. This was technically my final audition. My final callback for the role. And I was like, what? Okay. All right. So, so here, Cameron McIntosh had to stamp you. Cameron McIntosh has to stamp everybody. Oh, he has to give okay. his final approval on every single casting that happens. Regardless from the bottom all the way to the top. So... I record, do all the material, finish. I'm sitting outside the room. 
casting opens the door and they're like, Nick, can you come back in? And I was like, I thought that this was them being like, thank you so much. Yeah. It's just not the right fit. And I was, that's what I was prepared for. So I go back in the room and everybody comes over and like, Nick, oh my gosh, wonderful. Can you come back today at five o'clock? Because we want to pair you with our Javert. And I was like, all right, I think that's a good sign. <laughs> yes. yes. Shit's getting real now. It's, get, it's getting it. real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're so, putting other people. Exactly. Because our Javert had been cast. He had been yeah. cast back in March. And this was, at this point, this was June, mm-hmm. beginning, end of May, end of May, begin, yeah, end of May. So I go, and they're like, and you're going to be singing Confrontation. Damn. Like, okay, great. Now, As the, the first song with a Javert? Uh, yeah. Oh, God. Now, the good thing is, with is rehearsal that or no? With a little bit of rehearsal. Okay. Now, here's the thing I had rehearsed it with my wife. Yes. There might, have been, there might have been one night where we had a little too much wine and she's like, we need to work this now. And I was like, okay. Actually, that was more me. What a slave but, driver. Yes. So, and there is let a me lot tell of you, tension between the two of them. So, it, listen, you know. let me tell you, she, my wife could play Javert someday. I'm just saying. She could do it. She's a badass. Yeah. So we, um, so I, I went home and I like worked it again and again and again and again and then went into the room, went back did the confrontation. We had a little mini rehearsal, just singing through it. And then they made us just pretty much like walk around the room, squaring off against each other uh-huh. for the entire, to record it. With some light blocking. No With worries. Some light blocking. Sure. And then, uh, and that was it. And then they sent it off and I got a call the next day from my agent and she's like, okay, I heard from casting. You're their pick, but Cameron has to sign off on you. <laughs> this process <laughs> oh could take, God. this process could take two days to two weeks. Just no that it, it's they all want you but it, yeah. it finally comes down to him and I was like okay two weeks go by I'm like mm-hmm. like chewing my fingernails like trying not to think about it trying to let it go trying to do and all no this and no one else still knows that you're and going no one else really knows still that doing the callbacks this, yes still doing the callbacks but at the same time after all this happens that video is sent I get a call from casting my agent calls me and says you booked the Love Never Dies tour I didn't know that. They want you as a Phantom Rowl understudy. Wow. And I said, no. <gasps> yeah. I had, I was like, I'd been out as an understudy on Phantom. I covered Rowl like, for two and a half years. Like, if you're going to go out on tour again, make years. it fucking worth it. And I was right? like, I'm not going to go out on tour if I'm going to be covering. That's not what I want to do now. And my agent was like, that's what I wanted you to say. Good. That's, I need, but I needed, as your agent, I needed to offer it to you. So I was like, okay, great. Well, mm-hmm. the answer is no. She's like, we don't know what's happening yet with Les Mis. And I said, and that's fine. But the answer would still be no, even if I got Les Mis or if I didn't. She's like, okay, great. So at the end of those two weeks, I finally call my agent. And I was like, oh, my God, Cynthia, please (laughs) find out what's happening. For the love of God. For the love of God. She calls me back and she goes, okay, Cameron's been on vacation. So uh, he gets back today. He gets back today. So um, they he they're gonna look at it and they'll let us know. Another week goes by, and I at this point am in a recording session for a group that I sing with called the Broadway Boys, and my phone lights up and it's her. And I was like, Oh my god, this is it. This is it. This is it. This is it. Okay, breathe. As soon as the session ends, like I run to my phone, I run outside, and I'm like, I call, and she's like, Hi, and I was like, Oh god, what? She's like, So. Cameron likes you, but he wants you to work with the other director, Lawrence. And I was like, okay, Okay. great. Do we know when this is going to be? And she's like, "Uh, it looks like it's going to be some, this was like, this was the third week, second week of June. 
And she's like, okay, it looks like it's going to be the final week of June. Uh, either it's Monday mm. through Thursday of that week. We don't know yet, but I'll find out as soon as I can. So I was like, okay, great. So it's the Monday of that week. And my dad calls me that Monday morning. And he says, uh, so Nick, your mom's not doing well. So she had been battling ovarian cancer for six years. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like, I don't know how much longer it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but just you need to know what's happening. And I said, okay. And I had told my parents after that like big final callback what was happening and that I was up for it. Mm-hmm. And they were like ecstatic, of course. Um, and I said, okay. And he goes, both your mom and I know that you have this callback this week. And I said, well, let me find out when it is because I'm coming home. And he goes, okay, find out when it is and then give me this callback. And I said, okay. Call my agent, told her what was happening. She's like, of course, let me find out. She called me back within a matter of like 30 minutes and is like, it's going to be Thursday. I was like, okay. So I call my dad and I'm like, it's going to be Thursday. And he goes, you're staying. You have to do this callback. He goes, this is a life changing Mm. experience. And this could be the changing, the the complete change in your career. You have to stay and see this through. And I was like, okay. He's like, both your mom and I agree. You totally have our blessing. And so he's like, we're going to FaceTime you and do whatever we can, you know? And he goes, and also he goes, your mom has defied all, you Mm -hmm. know, medical stuff because they had told her six months before that, or they had told her two years before that it was only going to be six months. And then she had lived for another two years. So, and so, uh, so, uh, the night before my final callback, my mom passed away. And God, so wow. I had to uh, go into the room with all that knowledge, take that in. Um, but I knew that I had an angel on my shoulder that day. And uh, so that was on a Thursday. We flew to Arizona on Friday morning. And on Saturday morning, my agent called me and told me that Cameron had given his okay God. and that I had booked the role. <laughs> I'm a mess. I'm a mess right now. And and here we so that's my that's that was my journey with Les Mis and wow. and uh, and now I've been on the road for a year and nine months. As someone who knew your mother, yeah, I, I the first time I saw you in this role was in Denver, and I think we talked about this. Yeah, back mm-hmm. in I remember listening July to that podcast. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. All I could think about was your mom while I was mm-hmm. watching that show, and yeah. I was texting your wife too, who is here in the room with us. Hi, Christine, and uh, and I was like, oh my god, all I could think about is mom, and it was like it was so emotional, like knowing that journey and knowing that piece of this story it was like, yeah, such a gift. Ugh. Oh my gosh, amazing! It's one of those. It's it's one of those things that I'm I'm I don't. I think that when I leave this show. Mm-hmm. I'll have a complete breakdown because <laughs> I have been going nonstop since then. Uh, but I can't tell you how therapeutic this show has also been for me sure. yeah. to be able to play this man and to be able to think about the sacrifices that Valjean makes every night for people that he comes in contact with and all the sacrifices that my mom made for me to come and see me when I was, when she was battling cancer across the country and, you know, getting out of surgery and being like, all right, great. You, you're going to be on in, in a month as, as Raul and I'm going to come, I'm going to be there. And so it's, it's those things that give me strength every night when I'm like, I can't do another show. It's like, I'm like, yeah, but how hard did she battle? Sure. You know? Ugh. So. Is <sighs> Stop it, The Debbie Downer of the yeah. day. And here I am in my feeling. <laughs> that is a Lord. beautiful story. That's amazing. That is a beautiful story. Thank you. Thank you. 
um, like being on tour and being in this industry and all of it, what is like the hardest part personally, professionally, whatever, what is like the hardest part of all of this for you? Being away from home, Mm -hmm. being away from my wife day in, day out. That's hard. You know what I mean? Um, People are like, oh, it's so exciting to be on tour and to see so many new places. And I'm like, yeah, like it's sexy for like a week. And Uh, then, but then (laughs) I'm also living out of a suitcase. Yeah. And I'm having to adjust to to different time zones and to adjust to different theaters and allergies and keeping myself healthy. And this role is not one that if I'm not 100%, (laughs) I can do. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I have to be at the top of my game in order to play this role every night because of what is asked of me in the role. Yeah. And what is expected when people come into the theater. Sure. Yeah, I have big shoes to fill. Yeah. You know, but to also be away from be away from the woman that I love, be away from my friends and, and family in New York is is difficult. It's very hard, you know, when I say, you know, good night to her in the middle of the show and then I'm going back to sit in my hotel room and steam and have a cup of tea and Go to bed, you know? Just yeah. like um, a golden girl. Just like a golden Steam and have a cup of I mean, tea. Like you've been That's... a friend. Yes. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. oh, have you seen this? Like, yes. That? Okay. Oh, yes. I live for that. <laughs> um, we'll, that we'll post it. We'll post that YouTube video. But it's like, yeah, I mean, I just, I can just imagine how draining it is because like Valjean is supposed to be like the strongest man, the strongest man in the world. Yes, he's a mutant. Yeah. And, you know, he's just, he's the first mutant. He is. Um, and so, you know, to have to have that and like they don't make shows like this anymore. They this is the last show of its kind, how how, you know, just on on time and just what it's what's demanded and like Well, I mean, Back to the Future is coming to Broadway in twenty twenty, so they're sad. Yeah, yes. I <laughs> I mean that's kind of the I, same thing, right? I don't see Doc Brown huh? lifting a car, do you? Yeah, y'all, can we stop? Can, I mean, Great Scott, Marty. Can you imagine? I mean, mess. Broadway. Mm. Oh, Mild incest will return to the theater, uh, you know, it'll be great. Mm. <laughs> um, who are your artistic heroes? Who are the people that, like, when you were little, you heard sing? Or the people that now you hear saying or you see in the industry and you're like, uh, that that's where I need to be. Or, oh, goodness. Um, I mean, growing up, I would I, I listened to, of course, soundtracks and, and things like that. So, I mean, my heroes back in the day were Michael Crawford mm-hmm. and Michael Ball and, you know, the people that I heard singing this material and being like, that's what I'm going to do. Yes. You know, um, now... You know, there's so many people, and I think it's, there are peers that I have in this industry that I look up to a lot, Um, but then there's, there's also people, you know, in this industry that are, that are teachers, that are uh, directors, um, music directors that I, that I also look up to, you know, Um, like I look, I look up to Wendy, you know, I mean, she's, she's inspiring minds and, and helping children to, to find growth in the theater because I think arts education is so important in our country um, and is something that is sorely being missed um, because it helps children deal with so much. It helps them experience so much. It helps them grow as individuals and as human beings and being able to relate to other people and being welcoming and accepting for so many people that, you know, obviously there are people that you know, I, I want to work with and, and, you know, that I look up to as far as I'd love to sing their stuff and things like that. But for me, I'm finding as somebody that 
also is so passionate about education. I think that there's so many theater educators out there that I think are also my heroes right now in this industry. I paid him to say that. <laughs> I paid him two American not. dollars. That's right. An original Who, $2 bill. Who's someone that, you, that you've met and someone you haven't met? Like if, like think super big, huge, you know, you know, yes, super big, huge, like someone you, like a, a hero I've, of that, yours. That I've met, um, are we talking in theater or in, in like, general, in like general. an inspiring figure that, that, you know, <laughs> I mean, okay. I, I have met the original Valjean. I've met Colm Wilkinson. That's dope. Uh, I met God. him. I met did him after. Did you sing for him? Does I did he not. No. He, well, sort of. I mean, he came and saw the Phantom of the Opera when we played Toronto. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I was not even, this was not even in yeah, my yeah, yeah. realm of possibilities. Um, but it was really cool to meet him mm-hmm. and be like, you're the guy. Yeah. You're the original guy. <laughs> you're that voice. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know, uh, other people that I've met that I'd love to work with, like Brian Darcy James is somebody that I really mm-hmm. love, you know, w- he, what he does and he, the fact that he can do plays and musicals and TV and film and, mm-hmm. and all of it. And, and yeah. you know, like... I think he's so underrated, too. He is. Yeah, yeah he he's really is. He's such a yeah. great actor. Like, he's so good in everything he does. For sure. Um, and so I, I did a reading with him one time and I was... He was like, hey, I'm Brian. I'm like, hi, I'm Nick. I'm a really big fan of yours. It's really nice to meet you. And he was like, okay. And I was like, I'm sorry. Like, I was, I turned into literally like a yeah. seven-year-old at the stage door being like, hi, hi, hi. Um, they should have given you more in Smash. Exactly. <laughs> totally. Can we please? Um, also, remember that time that you and I met Tom Wopat? Tom Wopat? Remember of yes. the Dukes of Hazard fame? Of the Dukes of Hazard fame at the stage door. Straight up. After seeing Annie, Annie Get, Get Your, Your Gun. Gun. We were in college. With Bernadette Peters. Crazy, yeah. After the show, he like called me and he was like, my dad has an extra ticket. You want to come with us? And I was like, duh, sure. <laughs> I so saw I that signed poster somewhere in storage. Straight up. And so, like, we go to the show, and afterwards, he's like, I have to get this signed. I was like, oh, I'm a New Yorker. We don't do that. <laughs> we don't stand by the He was sure. like, we do. And we so do. I was like, I me. do. We went, and Bernadette was, like, whispering, and she was like, thank you yeah. so much. Just signing everyone's posters. <laughs> Tom Wopad rolls out. He's like, yeah, guys, get a picture. Yeah. So, like, Nick's dad oh, with, yeah. like, a camera, like, one of those old school, like, click cameras, oh. like, was like. <laughs> yeah. And you had a perm, because you were doing curly. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> you were in Oklahoma at the time doing, and I, I had was. real bad highlights. Oh. I had like frosted highlights. It, I have this picture somewhere. Oh, God. We have to find it. I will find I'm, it. And I post know it. you will. It must I go know on the It will. lives in my heart every day. It's going to go on your dressing room mirror. <laughs> well, and I have a picture. Uh, I was doing, I did a production of Into the Woods, uh-huh. and Bernadette Peters came in concert to Arizona. And so we went and saw her. Like the whole cast went. And afterwards, like our the the woman that was playing our witch, Kristen, got like front row tickets. So of course, Bernadette comes down and like has an audience participation part in the show. Mm-hmm. And so she's like talking. She's like, "What's the first celebrity you ever met?" And so she went to Kristen. And Kristen's like, "Linda Ronstadt." She's like, <laughs> "Really? <laughs> Tell me that. Where did you meet Linda?" And she goes, "She goes, oh, I did a show." And she goes, "Are you an actress?" And she's like, "Yes." She goes, "Really? Are you in a show right now?" And Kristen was like, "Uh huh." <laughs> she's like, "What show are you in?" She goes. Into the woods. <laughs> she goes, and who do you play? And she's like, the witch. <laughs> and that was it. From then on, like, so then after the show, 
I have a picture with her because my hair was bright red. <gasps> I dyed red, yeah. and there with Bernadette, and I was like, "It's so nice to meet you." She goes, "Who do I assume you play?" And Jack. she was like, "Who does your hair?" <laughs> exactly. Yeah. She goes, "I assume you play Jack." I was like, "Yeah." She goes, "You have the best song in the show." I was like, "Thank you." Thank you. I wish they wigged me instead. Yeah. Oh, what a what a gift. <laughs> right? What a gift. I have that picture somewhere. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Who, who are you still waiting to meet? <sighs> I actually, uh, okay, there, there's a couple people that I'd like to meet. One, it's going to happen now. Okay. The Obamas? You spoke, All right. you speak it out. The Obamas? The Obamas? Don't, don't okay. knock wood. That okay. can happen. The Obamas? Yes. Yeah. Um, I would, this is crazy, for This Is Us fans. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. My wife has has told me this that I bear a striking resemblance. We were talking about this to earlier. Justin Hartley. Yes. We were just talking about this, yeah. And I have invited him to come and see Les Mis here at the Pantages. I and? don't know if he is going to come or not. Justin. But uh I would like to extend We need that side by side. Again. We need yes. that side by oh, side. Yes, we need it side by side because I feel like they're also could listen, they could write me into this as us. Maybe they I'm could. a long lost. Could be cousin a secret twin or yeah. you know. Sure. So anyway, a twin that, of a triplet, or yeah, right? Does a that cousin follow? that doesn't track now. No, Not but so what? Much. What if one of one of the triplets didn't die? Well, uh, timeline, alternate true. timeline. What if? And what if? What if? What's his name didn't die either? The husband. There's an alternate timeline that could be a whole season. There yes. you go. You just wrote season. This is seven. this is us endgame. <laughs> I know this is amen. Amen. See, I do okay. like the idea of what if the third triplet didn't die. There's yeah. the side by side. Oh, that's really good. Yeah, it's there. <laughs> anyway, it's there. Anyway, that's somebody. I would also. I would love to have Hugh Jackman come and see the show. Oh, word. I would love that to happen because mm-hmm. I think. Also, I'd love to play. Barnum and the Greatest Showman when it goes to Broadway. You were in Barnum, right? Didn't I was I in, I, but I was in a production of like Barnum the Musical. I want to yeah. play like I was you want to play a PT Showman. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that's a fun. That's fun. Yeah. I would love to do that, but I'd also, you know, yeah. I, hey, let's let's do King I've seen George. Seen you in a lot of shit over the years, dude. Yeah, <laughs> you'd be a great King George. I'd love to play yeah. King George in Hamilton. It's such a fun. It's such a fun role. Nah, I would then, love to. And then you'll get to be. You'll you get to do all those fun videos where they like it, where they coronate you, and you know, I know right? yeah. And you'd it's only be thing. in nine minutes of the show. How dope would that be? <laughs> be It'd like be so easiest, easy after yeah. this. <laughs> I'd be like, I'd be like, what am I gonna do with myself now? I know you'd get to read books and. Uh, it's a lot of costume for just nine minutes. Times, Amen. Yeah. For Amen. <laughs> Heavy too. Oh my heavens, goodness. Um, do you have any like? talismans or tokens or like traditions or like good luck things that you do pre-show post-show in your dressing room I don't know tell us your secrets um, I mean so if you were in my dressing room sitting I am here, in I can, your dressing and, and you're room in my right dressing room, I can uh, so look I have, at all the things I have pictures up of uh, family of my wife of um, uh, actually images from the book yeah. um, that like I took like this one oh, from the and Hugo? that went up there from the Victor Hugo novel um, because he was also an amazing artist. Oh, Many okay. people don't know this. So actually this picture here, which is a sketch of Jean Valjean is what he envisioned Jean Valjean look like. He sketched that. Oh, That's wow. dope. That's really cool. Kind of looks like Che Guevara. A, a little bit, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then right here, this is also one of his. Um, and then I have a quote on there from uh, from the novel that says, "From suffering to suffering, he uh, had gradually arrived at the conviction that life is a war, and that he was the conquered. He had no other weapon than his hate. He resolved to wed it in the galleys and bear it with him when he departed." And that's 
Valjean at the beginning of the show. Yeah. He's completely broken. So, and actually this image that, that I put that quote on is used in our show. It's the, uh, right at the end of the soliloquy, Valjean turns around and it's what he sees on the back wall as a projection. So, wow. yeah, it's pretty cool. So I've got like pictures like that. Um, I picked up this little, uh, cause I wear a fleur de lis kind of on my chest, uh, as the mark as the brand. And I picked, uh, up this little paperweight of that in, uh, New Orleans. Um, I've got gifts. I have a, a pop that was made for me. One of those pop collectibles that yes. I made for me, um, that I have, I have a mug, um, that has my number on it. Um, and what's not, that number? Not my phone number. Two four six zero one. Yeah, and then I, I have you know I have a picture of my mom up here, uh, and uh, yeah, but I, I, so those like things in the dressing room. Uh, but before every show, yeah. this is something fun. Go ahead. That I do. Um, since you guys have seen the show tonight, you'll know what's happening. Right before the curtain goes up, uh, all the convicts we're all together on stage, and so one of the things that I do to every single guy before we all start is I go up and I do a double fist bump nice. uh, with each of them. And it's kind of like, and, and it's, and it's like my way to go, okay, here we go. We're all on this journey together. Once this starts, we are not stopping it. Mm-hmm. We've got a long way to go, but we're all in, we, we all are taking this journey together. Yeah. And uh, it's funny on days where I'll like inadvertently just miss somebody. They'll be like, Nick, Nick, yeah. you know, and they'll come running up to me and I'm like, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. 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 You know, so that's, <laughs> but that's something fun that I do. That's awesome. Yeah. Cool. If you were not an artist, what would you be? Don't say teacher. Oh, man. I know. If you were not an artist or an art teacher, what would you be? <sighs> would you be an astronaut? I do love this would question. Would you be a chef? <laughs> it ima- I, I, it's an I actually, timeline. I really enjoy cooking, so I would probably say chef. I would probably mm-hmm. say chef or a baker. Um, You're also really... a really skilled chalk artist. Uh, I'm just going to put that out but there. But that's an artist still. It's still an artist, but like I, just for stupid fun. He's like, he's this like giant, amazing chalkboard in his kitchen. And he's just like, I'm just going to like try this. I'm just going to do some chalk art. <laughs> and he does this like amazing, like seasonal cornucopia. And I'm like, who are you? Like you just pull I, that out of nowhere? <laughs> what the hell? Why do you do that? Who does that? Yes, I just I'm snorted, so I just snorted I on your podcast. I love uh, You're welcome. A few Starbucks. Uh, I would do, yes, went, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I would also probably, uh, I don't know. I would also like to be a Disney animator. That was for a nice. while there. Like, I, you know, like, because I like to draw when I was little. And, and I think that if I had stuck with it, it would have been something that I could have actually done. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I'm, you know, I, I like doing all sorts of different things. You know, like, yeah. so I think that there would be, I would be able to find another career, mm-hmm. but this is the career that always, that I could never escape. That's wonderful. That's what that. I'll say. Yeah. I love that. It's the one that I could never let go of. Because mm-hmm. I did a whole bunch of other stuff. I tried other things, but this is the one that never let me go. <sighs> Mic well, drop. There you, there it is. <laughs> well, like Nick said, we're going to see Les Mis tonight. So I want to yes. hear Joe has some Les Mis stories. Yes. Oh, please. my God. And I've already shared with you that I cut high school a lot. 
and yeah. left Long Island to go into the city and so, see like, several productions of Les Mis <laughs> over the years. So <laughs> I wonder if he's listening, but my eighth grade, um, well, like my middle school music teacher, Mr. Astara, who was like this very fabulous Filipino man who had many girlfriends in quotes. <laughs> Um, he's the one on a previous episode. Okay. He's the one in a previous episode who did an entire class about Leia Salonga. The songbird of the Asia. Anniversary. Yes, the songbird of Asia. We should be so lucky to ever be in the same room as her. Oh and my God. <laughs> And then, like, and then the next class for like a week showed us the 10th anniversary concert, right? Uh, you know, where she's, you know, doing all that and just like seeing it and you know, being like this like little queer kid on an island in the middle of nowhere in the middle of the ocean, being like, like relating somehow to you know these characters and you know. It was, it you know, all of that and connection and empathy and theater is great and wonderful and all these connections. But what um, my, my, my strongest connection to the show or one of the strongest connections to the show is uh, in college uh, when I was doing all-nighters, I would like listen to music, but I would put the original cast recording of Les Mis on and use it as timing for writing. So I'd be like, okay, I need to get two pages done by the time they, <laughs> by the time, by, by <laughs> at the end of the day. And then by, by the time, you know, this comes around, I need to have this half done and this half done. Or if I wanted to get to a point where like, okay, this is, I need to power through. And then I'm like, I know that I need to power through and finish in three hours. Boom. And then do, 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 And I was like, magic notes. They are the magic notes. Exactly. That's what we so call I go on and I just like, and then, and then I'm like sitting there and I'm writing and I'm like, you know, I go, oh, I'm on a roll and then things would happen and then at you know 24601 I'd be like yes I'm done <laughs> that's so, amazing so that is my like that's the strongest like and it was literally every big paper every all nighter that I've ever had to pull I would bust out the original so uh, tonight when you watch the show I'm will there be any PTSD <laughs> that's the question I but also it. you've never seen the show I've never <gasps> seen the show I've never seen the show I'm one of those. So like, you're welcome, Josephine. I know. I, I I was telling Wendy. I was like, there are certain shows that I've not seen because I want to have a very pure experience about how I see it. Mm. And I was, and when this all was in the planning, I was like, oh, I'm finally gonna get to see. Joe was like, you know who? I was like, I was like yeah. <laughs> I was like, you know who? <laughs> who am I? And he was like, who is like? <laughs> She looked at me and she was like, you at the barricade, listen to this. I know. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to make all your gay dreams come true. Right so now, when I, I when I, when I say that I am a little, like I am a, I am bursting with rainbows and unicorns and like, you know, like seventh, like sixth grade Joe is like, like this was never anything that I ever thought in my mind. I, when I saw Alea Salonga at the old globe in allegiance, I never thought I would ever like get to be in the same room as her, let alone see her twice in my life. And then now I'm just like, Oh, this is, I'm so excited. This is a lot. (laughs) Oh my goodness. It's a good one. Yeah. But no pressure. Listen. Yeah. No. You better no, step I'll, your shit up. To I me. will. Just I know. Don't you worry. <laughs> I obviously. What if he wasn't going on? To, <laughs> what, well, yeah. You know, what is like? What he, if he was like, I, just kidding? I've actually, I just, just came here and I called in. <laughs> you know, just yeah. I'm just here for the podcast. Just yeah. Oh my God. No. So I just, I mean, obviously, I've seen the show so many times, but also um, last week I had the privilege of taking my tiny children, people, to see the show. Yeah. Oh my God. Yes. And so, without getting into like amazing detail, because we'll talk about this when we cover um, May. But um, it was like 
such an event and experience because we obviously we drove up from San Diego and yeah. coordinating like 25 kids and God like 15 you. adults and all that. It was like a logistical nightmare, but so, so, so worth it because I constantly kept going back to that idea that like we all had like one show that kind of changed it for us that like did it for us mm-hmm. or like had that experience that like maybe I didn't even like this show, but like I went and I had that moment and I met someone and it was exciting. And so that kind of transformative experience was really, really great. And like at intermission, a lot of them were like, I don't get it. <laughs> and then I realized <laughs> I'm the bad theater teacher that didn't like do a whole plot synopsis with them beforehand. And that so I did quickly at of intermission. Course, yeah. And then at the end of act two, they were like weeping and they were like, it was so good. Oh my God. And then, um, and then afterwards we had this talk back with you and like this moment of hearing you say like when I was in eighth grade, I went on a field trip for that. They were in eighth grade and they were on a field trip and it was like such a like beautiful full circle moment that I'm like still emotional about. So, so thank you for that. That was my big, most recently Ms. Moment for you. It's just like it, it's this show and actually Phantom of the Opera that these two shows that really kind of started out not even as musicals but as stories because that's how that's how my Mr. Asara taught the musicals to us because he would come in and it could have been like he had, had a plan or he could have been like he had no plan and just wanted to like get a class but he like would tell us in very explicit detail the stories of of Phantom and then stories of Les Miserables and then he'd have on the board he'd have all these keywords like keywords and vocabulary he'd be like 24601 he'd be like music box this and the other and he would like go and you just tell and he had this really great way of telling a story and that was kind of where it connected with me like oh this is just a story yeah. and seeing it in that way and then seeing it presented in this way with the music and yeah so yeah, so to see, like, you're connected to the two, like, formative shows of my life. I mean, did you also play, <laughs> did you also play Huck Finn? <laughs> In Big River? I <laughs> did. Yeah! <laughs> I don't think it was Big River, but I did play Huck Finn in a kids' theater production of Tom Sawyer when I was, like, 13. See, it was meant to be that you all are meeting. Oh, well. You're welcome. Th- yes. You're welcome, you. both wow. of you. You're welcome. Yeah, there it is. is. There it is. There it is. Now they're best friends. We can leave the room now. Yeah, Let's <laughs> but that's, but that's what's so great about Les Mis. Is, and I think that that's also what why it's so popular still, because people connect yeah. with this story. Yeah, they do. They you know, and, do. and now... With, with so much going on politically, mm. regardless what they say of the Oscars now more than ever, uh, now more than ever, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's it's a show that speaks to a generation, and I mm-hmm. think that regardless of what side of the aisle you sit on, you can find characters that you connect with in this story, and you can find people that are fighting just to make the world a better place. Stunning. And actually, fun fact: what the students are fighting for in Les Misérables is for education. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're fighting for education for the children of Paris. Yeah, there it is. <sighs> there it is. So there we could talk is. for like five more hours, but we're not going to. Um, I would. I do want to give you a minute to kind of like promote like where we can follow you, all of that. The Lemes is sitting at the Pantages through. We're here till June second. There you go. So get your yeah, tickets. Yeah, so we've only got two more weeks already. left. Uh, but it's been a pretty sold out run, hasn't it? It has. I mean, we added a ninth show this week. Damn. Wow. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Are and you it was on sold for out. all shows every week? I am not on for all shows every week. Okay. Uh, I get one show off a week for vocal health. Got it. Uh, which I need with yeah. this role. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. So I'll I'll have 
you know, I take off, but it, it varies. It kind of goes with mm-hmm. how I'm feeling. Sure. Uh, if I'm going to take a show and, and what show that'll be. Awesome. So, yeah. yeah. So come to LA. Come to LA. Come to the Pantages. See That's Nick right. Through June 2nd. Yeah. Um, what other events do you run and organize that we can keep up with? How can um, we follow well, you I mean, and right learn now, about them? Right now I'm on this. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Nick Cartel. Uh, very easy. C-A-R-T-E-L-L. Very Two easy. L's. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, you can also find me on Facebook. I'm on my website at nickcartel.com. Um, you know, I just did a, a concert in New York at 54 Below. Um, and so I'm now going to start hopefully branching out more into the concert world so people mm-hmm. can come and see things across the country. Um, and then one of the other things that my wife and I produce a benefit, um, which, you know, we're we're starting to talk about again because we haven't done it. We didn't do it this past year just because of mm-hmm. being out on the road. It was a lot. Sure, sure. Um, but it's for ovarian cancer, which is what my mom passed away from. Yeah. So um, once plans are kind of finalized and more in the works, then we will obviously be posting about that uh, on my website and we'll be all over social media. And, and that's also at... Uh, Broadway, uh, B-Way Fights OVC, um, is on Instagram as well. Um, it is another place that you can follow all that information. And I always link it within anything that I post in, in, uh, on Instagram. So yeah. Awesome. Thank this you guys. This has been so cool. Thank you this so much amazing. for joining me Thanks here for at the sitting down with us. And thank yeah. you for inviting us into your dressing room. Of course. We're really excited to see the show tonight. I can't wait. Now I'm going to have to like cradle Joe. <laughs> Just make sure you have Kleenex. Joe is going to like oh, seek yeah. solace in I, my bosom I've worn, all night. I've, I know. I've worn my, you know, waterproof <laughs> mascara. Good, good. We're good to go. That's amazing. Well, I love you so much. Yeah, and I'm, we're so proud of you. And Woo. I'm so excited to see the show again tonight without children people present. So now you can really weep. So that I can just like weep like Openly. ugly style, but also just, you know, see it with like clear eyes now. I think the first time I saw you in Denver, I was like just so emotional because I walked into the lobby and your face was everywhere. And I was like, <laughs> I literally just like called Christine, like guffawing, like, what do I do? Um, and then last week, obviously, I was like in teacher mode. And so tonight yes. I'm I'm excited to be able to just kind of watch the show like with clear eyes. A person. not like sobbing snot falling but down also face, watching but also. it through somebody's eyes that's never seen that's it before. That's exactly yeah, you're right. Gonna, I know. So this you're going to really be watching exciting. me and I'm going to be like, oh, God. I know. I, can't. You're, I, I can just see you being like. <laughs> I know. I'm going to be pointing and laughing at Joe a lot. It's going to be fun. <laughs> It's gonna be wonderful. Yay. Oh my god! Like, do you do you know how like gay I am? Do you know? Like, I have my, met you. Yes. My like, um, not even a breakup playlist, but like my longing for another playlist. It's like <laughs> so gay. I know. <laughs> my longing for another playlist. Like the moment when Leia Salonga in the tenth anniversary recording goes, "He was never mine to lose." I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> Josephine. <laughs> You just These recorded that. These are words we'll never say. Just, you just recorded yeah. that. People I heard did. that. They did. That's so There's much. There's some things that should never be <laughs> out there. Oh, God bless America. Okay. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, we're really excited. We just spotted an artist. We spotted our first artist. Yes, we did. Nick I'm so Cartel, honored. thank you so much for doing this with us. We love you. You're quite welcome. Yay. Bye. Enjoy your time of the month. Bye. Bye. Bye.